Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we're here to suggest that mathematizing is about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. We answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? Okay, Pam, so I'm really excited about today's podcast because today we're going to talk about the quintessential Pam Harris thing, the thing that will rock your world, the thing you're known for. This is your... This is your shtick, right? Friends, <laughs> this is the podcast that you're going to want to go back and listen to when you have a piece of paper and a pen. This is the development of mathematical reasoning. Today, we're going to talk about the development of mathematical reasoning, which is my way of encapsulating several important ideas together. We're going to talk about some of them today, that we're all on a journey mathematically. And if we know where we fall, if we know where our students are, if we know sort of where we are in this landscape, how they're reasoning, then can inform everything we do in our teaching. It's for students, for teachers, for adults. It's for all of us. It's a framework for viewing mathematics teaching and for evaluating how students are reasoning and therefore helping them move forward from that place. So Pam, before you talk to us about some details, let's describe the graphic for listeners who haven't seen it yet. Um, picture a large oval with a series of smaller embedded ovals, um, each larger oval, including the ones inside of it, kind of like a hierarchy. One leads to the next, but continuous rather than linear. And each one of those ovals represents a different type of reasoning. Yeah. So the upshot about how and why I created this is if you picture that outer oval and that outer oval, at least for our purposes, uh, K-12 education is functional reasoning. So there's math sort of beyond that, but we're kind of in, in high school, we're sort of trying to get to this idea of reasoning about functions. And if we want students to be able to reason about topics in high school, like functions, relations, X's and Y's, graphs and tables and, and equations, they need to be able to, what we build on that, they need to be able to reason proportionally. So proportional reasoning is in that next inside oval because we have to own that in order to get to the outside oval of functional reasoning. But in order for student, students to think and reason proportionally, they need to be able to reason multiplicatively, not get answers to multiplication problems, but actually change the way they think. So multiplicative reasoning is in the next inner oval. 
And in order for them to reason multiplicatively, they need to reason additively. And so additive reasoning is in the next inner oval. And in order to reason additively, what do we build that on? They must be able to solve problems using counting strategies. So counting strategies is the most inner oval. So little bitty students start learning how to solve problems with counting strategies. And then they develop additive reasoning, and then that builds to multiplicative reasoning, and then proportional reasoning. And finally, in high school, you get to that functional reasoning. But also on the graphic, you have some spatial reasoning. and Yeah, so there's... There's two types of reasoning that should be developed all the way along. So if we really are helping kids develop these kinds of reasonings, we're really changing their brain to be able to think more sophisticatedly. We do that while uh, using spatial models. We use uh, models of thinking that are graphic and spatial in nature. And so we build their spatial reasoning along that whole time. And also we represent the relationships they're using using uh, in, in a... Um, let me say it one more time. Um, in a broad general way that uh, we can use variables to sort of talk about things in generalities. And that is building their algebraic reasoning. So each of those, as we're building each of those different sort of in, in, encapsulated and within each other reasonings, we're also building spatial reasoning and algebraic reasoning the whole time. So let's talk about the development in general. Why did you come up with it and why does it even matter? So there's a few reasons. Uh, let's get into a couple of them. We don't need calculators. We need reasoners. Mm. Now, maybe it used to be true um, years ago that we did need uh, people to be a shopkeepers and bookkeepers. We needed them to be able to calculate, but we don't anymore. We have technology to do that. And so we don't need kids that just perform steps to get answers. We need kids who know what to put in technology or how to even program the technology. We yeah. need kids that can think about um, the, the problems at hand and know how to pull the, the, the numbers out, know how to, to know the relationships between them. It's not enough to, for students to get answers. And so, and a huge thing, if you can picture these, these ovals that are within each other, if you picture any, any one of those levels or domains, it's not enough for kids to get answers in those domains. Kids mm -hmm. actually have to develop that kind of reasoning. We need to change their brain structure, more complex connections and relationships. So for example, if I'm in multiplicative reasoning, I might have kids getting answers to multiplication problems but they might be thinking in additive ways or using counting strategies. Well, then I need to work with them to get them thinking more sophisticatedly, to get them thinking more multiplicatively. The more they're not thinking in one level, the harder it will be for us to move on to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so then we end up with kids at proportional reasoning where kids are supposed to be uh, solving proportional reasoning problems. And there's, there's trying to use counting strategies. That's yeah. untenable. And any middle school teacher could tell you that unfortunately that's where we are too, um, too often. And so we really need to know where students are and then how to help them develop through these levels to help them increase their sophisticated thinking so that then they can move on to the next level. They can, they can uh, continue to increase their um, sophistication of thinking. So just the other day, a teacher said to me on social media, that um, uh, she thanked me for changing her whole frame of reference when she talks to kids. And I said, tell me more about that. And she said, so I used to talk to kids just to sort of get answers from them, see how they're doing. Maybe I did some social emotional stuff or I would 
or to sort of expect correct answers. She said, now, now I ask kids to determine where they are. And then my goal is to work with them to help uh, them think about becoming more sophisticated thinkers. What, what kinds of questions can I ask them to nudge them to, to consider the problem in a more sophisticated way, to think in terms of bigger chunks of numbers or to think more multiplicatively? Because she knows the development of mathematical reasoning, that gives her a sense of where kids are and then how you can help them continue to develop. That's so good. Knowing these types of reasonings um, is so freeing to me because that means that we aren't stuck where we are. We can develop the next level of reasoning at any time. Yeah. So I'd love to give you an example of uh, a, a personal friend of mine. So there's a now, now personal friend. So um, there's a gal, Holly, on our team who several years ago, I met her um, in actually in a graduate class. So she was in a graduate math class and I did a short stint. And um, I think, I don't think it was at that moment. I think it was the next time she and I worked together. She came to a workshop that I did. And um, I was talking about moving kids, helping kids develop additive reasoning if they were using counting strategies. And so I brought up um, a thing that sometimes sometimes teachers use to help students that get stuck. It's kids that can't find answers to um, problems using counting strategies. And so sometimes we teach kids uh, what they call touch math or dot math. And uh, if I can describe it really quickly, by the way, I'm not advocating this. If I could describe it really quickly, uh, when kids are adding, say, five plus six, they would have the kids write down the numeral five, write down the number six. Um, And then on that numeral five, there's um, some places where they've told kids to write five dots. So kids sort of memorize that there are five dots that go on the numeral five, and then they write down the number six, and then they write six dots. They draw six dots on the numeral six. And then to add five plus six, they literally start with the dots. So they would go one, two, three, four, five on the five, and then they would keep going on the six, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And that, that sort of can help kids kind of touch things and the kids can just use the counting that they've been, uh, that they can do in order to solve a problem like five plus six. Well, then when kids get to adding two digit numbers, if say they're adding 52 and 64, then they line up the five and the six and the two and the four and they draw the dots. And then they literally are thinking counting because they're counting all of those dots. Mm. And so I had just taught this group of teachers about um, how to help kids move from counting to additive thinking. And I said, so what's the problem with this dot math or touch math approach? And Holly, her eyes got really big. And she looked at me and she said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's how I learned how to add. And I said, so, so what are you thinking? You're, you're a little hot there. You're a little, lot of energy coming out of you right now. Like what's going on? She goes, that's, that's, that's why I can't learn higher math because I'm stuck in counting strategies. Are you saying I could learn to think additively? And I was like, well, are you in the, in the string that we just did, the problem string we just did, were you thinking in terms of bigger chunks of numbers? And she's like, I was, but, but honestly, Pam, if you give me a problem right now, I would probably draw all the dots. And I said, do you have to? And, and I'll never forget the look on her face. She just looked like I'd set her free. She goes, no, I can yeah. absolutely think in terms of big chunks of numbers. And so then I, I, I continued to work with Holly. She came to every workshop I did, everything she'd get her hands on, and she built her additive reasoning. And then she built her multiplicative reasoning. And now she's on our team and she presents for us. She's a great mathematician, but we had to get her out of, we had to like free her up from saying, don't get stuck in that counting strategy. You can think additively. Once she could think additively, she could think multiplicatively, begin to build that multiplicative reasoning. And now that she can think multiplicatively, she's building her proportional reasoning. We can all sort of progress 
And that's the that's the brilliant message of the development of mathematical reasoning is no matter where you are, okay, that's where you are. Now let's continue to build your brain structure. Let's make you a more dense thinker. Oh, I'm smiling so big. I love Holly. So um, Pam, let me ask you another question. You used to have a different graphic and name. And on your team, we used to call this the progression, right? We just said, hey, the progression. Yeah, Why we all knew what we were talking about. Change? That's an excellent question. And there are a few major reasons. So one of the reasons is um, there's a lot of people out there that started to develop things called progressions. And I didn't want my thing to get kind of lost in the sea of things called progressions. So that's one reason. Another is I wanted the the way that the graphic used to be, it was far more linear. It was do this, then do that. And people got the wrong idea. Um, I actually had somebody on social media, there was a, uh, a high stakes test question with data on population. And um, a correct answer could be that you could model it linearly, like you could model it with a, model it with a um, successive um, additive pattern happening, or you could model it exponentially with a successive multiplicative pattern happening. And um, the, the idea of the question was to compare those two models and see which looked like it would uh, bear out over time. And a teacher shot back to me and said, oh, but you shouldn't model it linearly that, with a linear equation mm-hmm. because that's additive reasoning. And, and once once we move to multiplicative reasoning, like the exponential functions, then then we leave additive reasoning behind. We shouldn't ever use that again. <laughs> and I was like, ah, no, that's not the idea. Like we don't, we don't stop counting. We just don't want to count when we should be thinking additively. And we don't stop adding, but we don't want to add when we should be thinking multiplicatively. And so there's this idea of this more continual um, embeddedness happening. And so the the graphic now shows more of an embedded landscape sort of a, a perspective. It also has this connotation of more of an asset perspective that what what can you do? What what do you own? And that we want to nudge you on from there. It's less of a deficit perspective where it's it's more like looking at what you can't do or what you don't own. It's like where are you? What what can yeah. you do? It's a, a positive asset perspective. And then a last reason might be because the word development, and I'm going to give Kathy Fosno credit for helping me think about this word. She she talked about that that mathematicians can develop and that it's about development. It's not about rote memorizing things. It's not about the number of rules or procedures that you can spit out. But it's it's more like we expect kids to develop as they grow up, that we can develop mathematicians. And that word development sort of connotates that we can all do it. Everybody develops. Everybody grows up. And so um, that's more inclusive. It's not about mathy people, math brains, math genes. No, we can all develop mathematically. Just like Holly, who was convinced she was sort of couldn't do higher math it's because she was stuck in counting strategies and once we sort of opened her her mind up like there's this other thing and you can do it then she absolutely kept developing and we can all develop to the extent that we want to in math mm-hmm. so uh th- those are the major reasons that we sort of gave it a, a look change to a different kind of graphic and a name change to call it the development of mathematical reasoning we need teachers to know this progression. We need them to better understand where their students are and then how to move them forward, how to help them develop and become more and more sophisticated in the levels of reasoning. And now that we know that these types of reasoning um, exist, you might be thinking, how do I determine where I am and where my students are? Um, yeah. we're, we have a free download today that we're really excited to share, and it's called How Do You Reason? And you can download that and use it to help you determine where you are, where your students are. You can find that at mathisfigureoutable.com slash reason. 
Math and we'll also put it, uh, sorry. I was just going to say that one more time so they could catch it. It's at mathisfigureoutable.com slash reason. And we'll also put it in the show notes so uh, you can go to the show notes and download it from there as well. Also, if you are interested in specific examples and more details about each of the type of reasoning, we are beyond excited to announce that Pam is putting out a free online workshop called the development of mathematical reason. It's been, it's been in the works for a while now when we can finally announce it, it is a free four week online course. And it really is designed to help everyone understand more deeply the domains of each reasoning. You can register now at mathisfigureoutable.com slash free workshop. And if you happen to be listening to this uh, podcast at some other time, go ahead and check it out because you get on the wait list for the next time that we offer it uh, at mathisfigureoutable.com slash free workshop. I am super excited about this free workshop. Kim, you know that we've been working on this for a while. I've been wanting to put this out to give teachers a chance to learn this important information. Uh, so we're so excited to offer it free. Again, go to mathisfigureoutable.com slash free workshop to sign up. You are going to love it. All right. So if you wouldn't mind, like the podcast, give us a review at your favorite podcast hosting site uh, so more people can find it. Check us out on the website, mathisfigureoutable.com. We'd love to have you join us at Math Strat Chat. If you are interested to learn more math and you want to help students become mathematicians, then the Math is Figure Outable podcast is for you because math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.